Hello, everyone, and welcome back for another episode of Microsoft 365 Voice. Uh, my name is Sarah Hazi, and we have... And I'm Antonio Maya. And I am Mike Madalani. And I am Heather Newman. Hello. Fantastic. We're super excited, Heather, to have you on. So you and I have talked about this a lot. Super uh, engaged on this topic. Um, and I want to make sure that we introduce you. So you are at Microsoft. You're a Power Platform Community Success Team Lead. Yes. Yes. That is a huge mouthful. It, it, it is, yeah. That's my informal title, I guess. I'm, I'm a principal PMM manager, if you want to get all technical about it. But Ooh. I'm here to support uh, the Power Platform community, and I lead a team that does that. So, yes. Fantastic. But you also write, and this is frankly one of my favorite topics, and I'm so stoked to be able to talk about it today. You have an entire blog post series that you've written over yep. a period of years around fear and toxicity in the workplace. Yep. And you have sessions that you've done, and I've been in those sessions at conferences and SharePoint Saturday events, and the sessions are great. And I love the way that you come at it from really a theater background, but also a woman in technology who's held a lot of different roles from um, being a member of a project or a product team to being an executive, you're now back at Microsoft to running your own company. You've kind of done all of it, and you really talk and share these ideas of what you've seen across the board about fear and toxicity in the workplace. Yes. Yes, I've, I've worn a lot of hats in my career. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and so I come at it for a lot of different ways, for sure. Um, having been in many different positions and situations as far as job titles and roles and all of that stuff. So yeah, yeah, I, kinda, I like to have a bunch of different perspectives on things if I can, so. Yeah. So we're not going to just ask you one question, but um, I, I think that we're going to kind of take a conversational approach to talking about some of your your posts and asking you some questions and, and I'm hoping be able to share insights uh, cool. that will really help others, whether they are feeling that level of fear or toxicity or whether they want to be an ally for those who might be feeling that way, because both are important. Yep. Um, at any given point in time. And I'm going to lead with my favorite one, and you're not going to be shocked because I talk to you about this all the time. <laughs> yeah. And I think you know which one I'm talking about. <laughs> but it's my favorite um, topic. And I've gone back and reread it um, at least four or five times over the past year and a half. But it's why toxic people are dangerous, sashay away. <laughs> and it's such a powerful message. And you know it's my favorite. Yep. Um, yep. Tell us a little bit about how the sashay away, how you landed on that as a theme. Sure. Uh, so I want Sashay away. Um, so RuPaul is a very famous uh, drag queen performer is everything. And I, uh, I'm i a big fan. And uh, I was at RuPaul's Drag Con. Um, I've gone to that conference, the con, uh, a few times. And I actually was there when that sprung up. But it also connected to a moment that happened, um, you know, People are like, are these things that happen to you? Or are they things that you, like, Like, is this all like your story? And it, there's some of it that's my story for sure. Um, I do, and I'm, I, have, I am very privy to a lot of other stories. A lot of people confide in me. A lot of people come to me and ask me questions about things. Um, I, I feel like I, 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 hopefully I hold space for people. That's really important to me. Um, and I do a lot of mentoring and working in different groups and stuff. And so I feel like those kind of, um, different stories come to me a lot. And I uh, I tend to use them in teaching moments. Um, I, I don't use people's names and I try to like be anonymous about sort of anonymizing those kinds of things, you know? Um, so it blends, so it's not always me and 
sometimes it's other people. So anyway, um, so, but this one was something that happened with me. Um, and I was in a situation where I had received an email uh, and just someone that uh, I've worked with a long time. I just finally was like, you know what? I've tried. So I've tried to like make you my friend. I've tried to like be open. I've tried to, you know, figure out like what the issue is. And it was one of those moments where I was like, I'm done. You know, like, I just, I don't need this toxic energy anymore. I don't need to, you know, like, I don't, I, the time and good health and energy are something that are a gift. And they're a gift that you get as a human being. And then it's, they're also a gift that you give to other people, your mm -hmm. time. Right. And so I just was like, you know what? Sometimes you just need to sashay away and be like, I'm done, you know? And so that piece was really about somebody that I unfortunately was like, you know what? I, I'm done. And so I, I wrote that piece about that, you know, like there's different ways to try and, you know, connect with people. And I like to be someone who is direct and, and, and tries to say, hey, what, what can we do to rectify this situation? What did I do? Did I do something? Did I say something? Are you pissed? Like, what's up? You know, um, and there's just certain times when certain people decide that either they don't like you or they're jealous or I, I don't know what, what all of those things are. But you know what? Sometimes it's not about you and you can't change people and you can't change the way they feel about certain things. Right. No matter how you try. So, um, yeah, sometimes you just need to leave it and and. Be done. And what I love about this is in the blog post, you really lay out and you just mentioned it, right? The three things that you could do, right? You can take yep. the path of least resistance, which is yep. try and just limit confrontations, try and engage purely on a professional level, yep. but try and lower the pressure as much as you can by just not yep. engaging at that level. Mm -hmm. um, you can try and get into it with yep. them. You can yep. really try and say, we're just going to work this through and it's going to yep. be um, authentic dialogue our way through yep. this. Or you can just say, and 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 walk away. But I think it's important to know and be informed on those choices because yeah. sometimes we lock ourselves into thinking that we've only got one path to be able to get through something. Yep. And uh, we end up carrying around a lot of that weight of the paths that we don't see and that we don't choose. So yeah. I love the idea of being able to determine what your best path forward is. Yeah, it's usually, I mean, with anything, there's usually, it, life is about choices. Um, about and about how we handle things that are that come upon us but I, I I mean usually there's more than one there's usually more than one path and with that one I think there definitely is uh, those three definitely are ones that I've chosen with different you know situations I haven't had to use it much knock wood um, but with that one I sort of I and I think I had tried all the things you know and then the the sachet away is really the last one right when you kind of I'm going to move on from this, you know, and be done with it. But that doesn't mean that, that, you know, that person hasn't come back up in my life and I haven't had to deal with it, even though I've sashayed away, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. But sometimes, and I think I want to take this back to the whole workplace dynamic. Yeah. It can be very difficult, but I've been in the situation. I believe you and I have talked about it, that you've been in a situation yeah. where sometimes your job is the thing that you mm -hmm. need to sashay away from. And yeah. it certainly happened to me that, right, you've been in a job, you've been in a position where you're just, mm -hmm. it's not fulfilling or you're yeah. not happy. And you try and do all of the things to be direct, yeah. to work around it, to make it the path of least resistance. Mm -hmm. And it can be hard to get yourself to move out of stasis to be able yeah. to make a different choice. But I think it's 
for people to realize that if this goes on for a period of time, sometimes the best thing you can do is to walk away. And it doesn't mean you're quitting. It means you're choosing yeah. a path to walk away. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, there's a lot of, I mean, shame and guilt um, and fear, the trifecta of yuck. I mean, like, you know, those are all like, you know. That's a great way to put it. <laughs> trifecta of yuck. I literally have never said that before. So there you go. Um, <laughs> it really, like, like it, it, it um, very easily explains that feeling, I think, at least mm-hmm. from, you know, from someone from the outside. Yeah. Yeah. Bit. Well, I mean, I think, you know, you, you know, you, you don't have you, you're in the middle of your family. A lot of times you choose your friends and you like, then you're put in the middle of a situation where you have to work with all kinds of different people, you know? Um, and I feel like, you know, things over the years since I've been in the, the workforce, you know, I feel like things have gotten better and people are pay t- paying attention to what it means to have a healthy workplace, a trust-based workplace, as opposed to a fear-based or a fear-based manager, that kind of thing, you know. So, um, but, I, but I do think it's difficult, you know. It's like you try so hard to get a job and get a position and whatever, and you get in it, and then you are in it and you're like, Oh my goodness, you know, like, uh, uh, like it's either like you lied to me, or or you didn't act like that when when we interviewed, or wait, um, I mean, oh wait a minute, now I'm reporting to this person. What? You know, there's like a lot of like sort of flip the table moments of like, what? You know, um, and but you know what? That's life, unfortunately. Um, but I do think that by creating allies for yourself in your job. With, and that's really important. And I think it's important that people forget to do that. They're like, I want to do my job. I want to get to it. I want to da 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 da. And um, like for me at this new role, one of the things I did is I spent, I mean, I, I, I sort of got into the work, but, but the first three weeks, I made it a point to do meet and greets, 15 minute meet and greets with a lot of people so that I would start building allyships and partnerships with people. Um, and you know, some people have had to go back around and be like, Hey, remember, we, remember we, uh, Oh yeah, we had coffee, you know, or whatever. So like, like, so building your net inside of work is really important because when you're making choices about maybe a change or thinking about something like that, then you can start talking to people about it, about like, what do you think about this and how do you feel and what's your vision of what's happening? And do you know of any positions? You know what I mean? Like all of those things. So I think to me, that's really important is having, um, allyship at work between people you know friendships too you know friendship allyship to me is similar but allies are like the people that you can pull together with you to make these decisions you know and sometimes those relationships turns into friendships you know yeah I think you're making a really good point here because you have to have that confidence in yourself when you start a new job Mm -hmm. the employer has confidence in you because they hired you because they think and they believe in you that you have the experience and the personality that will fit in in the team yeah uh, prove you, not prove yourself, but have that confidence oh, yeah. in yourself that yes, I can do this. And to mm-hmm. what you've done and the examples you showed are really great to go and start to get to know everyone and socialize and build your network. That is really, really important for for people that are not very, maybe very experienced, but at least they're going to get into a new company. Maybe they don't know many. Maybe you're not known to them as well. Maybe you don't have the name. Yeah. Just that is a really good way to blend in in the new culture. Yeah, I think an onboarding tip too for folks who are running businesses and divisions is that you know the on the concept of the onboarding buddy is huge because mm-hmm. 
you go into a position and say you go into a, a leadership position, right? Or, you know, what and whatever you're doing, it doesn't even have to be a leadership position, but, you know, there's like stuff that you're like, I need to know something and none of us like to feel stupid, okay? Or like we don't know something or whatever. So, but there's all kinds of things that you're like, what is that? You know, or like, where do I get that? What is that acronym? Or, you know, and I'm, I will ask whatever question, like, I don't care because my personality is like that, that. I'm like, whatever. But, but there's a lot of people that, you know, it's like, they would rather sit silent and not ask mm-hmm. a question. And, you know, if you have a um, onboarding buddy, that their job is you can ask them anything. You know and it I mean? should not be theoretically your boss, because I love oh, assigning no. these, but not no. your boss. It should no, be no, no. somebody that you can be open and authentic yep. and just lay it out. Yep. Yeah, 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 totally. So, yeah, I, I'm definitely, I think that's super important. And, yeah, I mean, the other thing is, is so, like, for for if you're in a position and you want, you're thinking about leaving, I think, one, the, the allyship and the friendship is really important. Um, And also, like, I'll go back to stuff like that like always have your LinkedIn up to date always have your have your own personal house in order you know of any because everybody's replaceable yeah I don't Mm -hmm. care who you are you know and so like having your own personal house in order so that you um are set up for success if something goes wrong goes sideways I mean so many people like we know in the middle of this like you're like I wouldn't have thought that person would have lost their job or whatever you know and it's it's just random sometimes, you know, so always be ready to um, and to make it a positive thing. Always be ready for the next opportunity. Right. Yeah. For sure. Um, I thought Sarah brought up a really good point uh, around having and and th- about your blog yeah. um, around having those choices about how you deal with certain people. Right. Because because Sarah, I think you're right. A lot of people don't realize you have that choice. And I'm saying that because I used to be like that, where I've, I've always thought, okay, I have to confront this, right? Like that's the only way to deal with it. And that's not always the way it's not always the right way. So knowing that you have those choices, like, like the way you've laid that out around how you can deal with those situations, I think is important because a lot of people, especially um, early on in your career, when you're, when you let's say you're new in your career, right? Yeah. Uh, and I'm going from a little bit from my own experience. Sorry. Um, you, you don't realize you have that choice of, of these different ways of dealing with it. I found that only comes with, uh, unless you've got someone that, that mentors you on it, that only comes from experience. So having that, yeah. that kind of, um, I don't know, I don't know if mentorship's the right word, but, but the, the information that you share about this, I think is important for people to know you've got those choices about how you can deal with it. Yeah. Um, and the the chats that you were mentioning, uh, Heather, you and I have actually had one of those. I don't know if you remember, but it was in New York one time, and it was a short oh. one. But mm-hmm. you to me about a situation. And, I, yes, I do remember that. Um, yes. I, I just want to thank you for that because that You're you are very generous with your time, which is uh, awesome. Mm-hmm. I it's about paying it forward. Always, yeah. there's a lot of people who are very generous with their time. I met with somebody this week that. Um, Super cool. Um, it wasn't somebody that I'm like, I need you to be my mentor. Because I do. I have mentors. Everyone should have a mentor, by the way. Yes. And more yeah. than one. Exactly. And not in your direct team. And different genders and race, all that stuff. Like, you know, like, that's really, really, really important. Have and a mentor be a mentor. And don't forget to reach out to them during COVID. Because I just made a mental note yeah. to reach out to one of my mentors that I haven't spoken with since COVID started. And we're yeah. so many months into this now. And it's easy to forget when we're working from home and we're doing the COVID life 
Um, but you should still be working on that personal growth. You should yep. still be working on your evolution, um, even when you're at home. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, I, I, and that's the other thing too, is that I think that's even sort of scheduling time about that. Like it's sort of scheduling time to do your personal brand work or your social media work or whatever about that. Like scheduling, I, if, if I don't stick it in my calendar, it doesn't happen. You know, um, and my schedule so bananas like everybody's is, right? That it's just like, I have to put that time in there to remind myself to, even if it's 15 minutes, 15 minutes is a long time. Correct. It's a TED talk. Mm -hmm. It's Andy Warhol fame. So, you know, stick it in your calendar. <laughs> And it's great to be able to involve others in that to hold you accountable. Okay, so I'm, I want to take a right turn. Um, okay. And um, how many of you, Mike and Antonio, have sort of been involved maybe today in CYA emails? As in writing them? Writing or receiving them because ah. we all have to do it at yes. work. And I love the title of this blog post from you, Heather. The CYA e email, Will We Ever Be Free? <laughs> and the answer is we don't really think so no no i've yeah. written i've written many in my time I, I try not to make it a habit personally but right. i i have to admit i have written several yeah yes same here i i ran i ran a consulting company uh medium size before and you'll be surprised how many of those emails that you have to do and you really don't want to do it and you sleep on it and you sleep on it and like you gotta have to do it <laughs> yeah, I, you know, that, uh, again, you know, things I see, things people tell me, um, you know, uh, there's, it's sometimes me, it's sometimes other folks, but yeah, I just, I think that um, it is a, it is a culture thing, um, living in email, one, um, and also with certain teams and clients and all of that, like, like, I love teams. Right. Um, and I work a ton in Microsoft Teams and as we all do. And but there's also certain things that need an email um, because of just the the way that sort of email is our standard of like it's trackability. Also, it's yeah. it's provability. It's an HR thing. If you need to go to that place with it, it it's, um, you know, put it in an email, put it in writing. You know, yeah. um, there's a lot of things that happen um in a verbal situation or on a meeting or whatever and until you actually write it down and send it it does it's not real yeah. um so like receiving cya emails are one thing but then also having to write them you know as discussed um you know in, in the meeting we talked about that kind of thing and i don't like doing it either but i do find that sometimes it's just that you have to it's appropriate and it makes sense because of the way your team runs or a manager works or somebody you're partnering with, you know, they need to be held accountable. You know, accountability is a big thing in the CYA email and just in work. You know, it's it's so, that accountability to me is a big piece of it. So this is something I want to throw out. And Mike, I'm going to kind of loop you in on this one because being a leader and I've had people working for me for, I won't even say how many years because I don't want people to think I'm that old, but a long, <laughs> a long, long time. Um, and one of the things that you notice as a manager is that I think a lot of, sometimes you have people who come in and work for you. And unfortunately you find that no one gave them the gift of being direct. No one gave them the gift of, of advising them sometimes about work product, maybe, 
but not about all of the other things that are important, not about the soft skills, not about how they come across. Um, and Mike, is that something that you've seen in terms of when you were running your consulting company, that can be the really hard thing is to be the person who's going to lean in to having that direct conversation because sometimes people are not self-aware and they may not know. Yeah, absolutely. And you learned that the hard way not to do it through email, because sometimes the, the language in an email is That's not true. the right language. Absolutely. Yeah, right. Uh, and then you learn that you don't react in an email and you learn that you don't go in a conversation in an email where you pick up the phone or you meet that person face to face and you just have that explanation. And you, you, re, re, you reiterate that conversation in an email if you if you want that to be in writing. But definitely when you have that uh, your, your team, you have employees working uh, with you that you're leading them, uh, basically you're just going to have to break the ice and make sure that you don't treat the other person in a formal way in an email because that is not a nice way to do it. But if you want to put it in writing, if it is depends on the subject, you just do it after you meet with After, them. Yeah. yeah, as a follow-up. As a follow-up, mm -hmm. exactly. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I know sometimes it's like, I don't know, it's exhausting. I, I was talking, it's like being a... I'll call it a truth teller, you know, like it can be exhausting. And that's sort of, I would label certain people like that. They're the truth tellers, you know, it's like, they're the ones that are always like, okay, really, maybe that wasn't the right thing to say, or, you know, you should do this. And, and it comes up naggy a little bit too, you know, where you're like, and it's not, it's like, no, no, it's not that that person's right or that I'm right or, or but it's like, I would want to know. It's kind of like the spinach in your teeth. I good? You know what I mean? But it's the same concept, right? It's like you want to be told if like something you're doing is just super annoying or or maybe, you know, um, a something that needs to evolve, right? Something you say, something how you whatever it is, you know, and I think we've gotten into a place where people are like, oh, well, I don't even I can't even say anything. And you know, and it's like, OK, you know what? Like, yeah, yes, you can. And it's about being curious, asking questions. And um, knowing that we're always learning, we, everybody screws up, yeah. you know, and it's about how you approach those things, you know, and sometimes people will be like, you know, Valkyrie or, ah, about it. And, you know, it's like, okay, you know, and, and sometimes and by the time rightly so, yep. but, you know, this is all about us all trying to like, just be better humans with each other. And I, I don't know. I try to take that stuff down a notch if I can, but I also do sometimes feel like I'm like, oh my gosh, again, I have to, okay, let me explain, blah, 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 you know, but I like, I had somebody today say something to me that would like, oh, this, you said this, and I was like, and I'm like, oh, interesting. I was like, okay, good. Thanks. Thanks for letting me know, you know, so. Well, and in addition to building mentoring relationships, I think you need to build honesty based relationships where with some yeah. people and at every job that I've had, I've had people who've been in this role. We have what I call the high trust work relationship, right? Yeah. Where yeah. we are the people who say the truth, even if the truth hurts. Yep. Um, and that's really important to have. And whether you're doing work, whether you have that person at work, who's going to give you the unvarnished truth of how you came across in that meeting, even if it's bad. Um, or even in the community, right? Yeah. And I'm super fortunate because all three of you are in my high trust network, right? Because yeah. all three of you I've gone to before and you give me the unfurnished truth, whether it's good or bad, yeah. but it's so important. Mm -hmm. it same, same. And I think that, that kind of speaks back to what you said earlier, Heather, about um, having allies at work and hopefully having allies that you can be honest with that way and can give you that honest feedback, at least some of them. 
Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think, I mean, honesty in anything, I mean, relation, whatever relationship it is, right, is huge. And people are like, what do you mean? Like, how hard is it to be honest? And here's the thing. It's hard. It's sometimes because, really hard. Yeah. And it's not, it's not because you're nefarious. Yeah. One of my favorite words to say whenever I can, but, um, but like, it's about, sometimes you aren't truthful because you don't want to hurt somebody's feelings yeah. or you make a choice about something being better said later or not now or whatever. And, and, or I'm going to wait on that. And, or, so it's not, it's not malice filled, right? It's just, you're making a choice of like, maybe I'm going to figure this out or whatever. I'm going to hold my response in order to process something or whatever. But at the end of the day, I think that what I've learned in my, X amount of years and relationships and stuff like that is that some that's something for me that I I have changed about myself personally is about understanding that 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 it is sometimes more detrimental to hold back because you're trying to you know protect someone or you're trying to like save somebody's feelings or like it, it's better to be like no this this thing that you said totally made me bananas and most of the time somebody's like oh my gosh I had no idea and they're like okay that's cool um Brene Brown does this whole thing about um who's an amazing uh, you know author of many books and and is a shame researcher and if you haven't seen her Netflix special go watch it with your partner and your family it's amazing but she uh it's a Netflix special just search Brene Brown Netflix it's like it's like Uh I can't I can't remember the name of the the special but it's awesome um but she she does um it's uh the story i'm telling myself is or the story in my head is you know like the story i'm telling myself about what you just said is x so it's like somebody says something and you make up a story that is not what the actual story is that somebody was telling you right so it's like we run this story these narratives that are fearful that are that changes something into something that it isn't you know Mm -hmm. Like, oh, they think I'm terrible, or do they not like my shirt? I'm not good enough, or I'm not the, or, you know, it's that fear narrative that runs. So I really like that, saying that to somebody. It'd be like, you know, you said this in the story I'm telling myself about it is X. Is that right? You know, that kind of thing. So tools. So I love I have, the tools. So I have a question for you about the being yeah. honest. Um, yeah. So when, when, what you said about being honest with people and, and kind of the, the best way to approach it and so on, which I, I do fully agree with. Do you find you or or that people should alter the way they do that depending like when it's a managerial relationship? So when it's mm-hmm. someone that that reports to you yeah. and you need to share something like that with them, mm-hmm. do you alter the way you you approach that conversation? Because like on my team, I've got a meaningful team of people that I manage. Yeah. Sure. Um there's a couple of people that I know that if I went to them with my kind of candid, you know, off the cuff feedback about something that drives me crazy, I would destroy them. Like, mm-hmm. like I, I worry that I would destroy their ego and I yeah. don't want to do that. Right. So do sometimes alter my approach based on mm-hmm. who it is I'm talking to. Do you find yeah. that that's necessary in a managerial position? Absolutely. A hundred percent. Yes. Um, I think that um, using I I do this a lot in that kind of a situation is where I I wouldn't say Antonio like when you tie your shoes this way it drives me bananas like seriously you've got to stop but I would say gosh you know I saw this person the other day um they were tying their shoes in this way and it just really made me just go 
I didn't like it or it made me feel uncomfortable or I just thought, hmm, that's not really the way it should be. Maybe it should be this way. So like I would tell a story or use an example of somebody else to try and relay and see if I see if it clicks that they get that you're actually talking about them, you know, so like that can be a helpful way to do it. Um, and I, I, so I think there's there's a few different sort of tr- uh, called trickery, I guess, in, in order yeah. to do that. Yeah. But perhaps an um, analogy or an example, an like, analogy or an example or a story right. or yeah. Um, but I think that direct, like you know, it, it would some like. And there's things that like we all have our buttons too. If if there's certain a certain something that somebody said. You know, it's like the people that are closest to us are the ones that can really push the buttons the hardest, right? Because yeah. they know exactly where to put that thing, right? So <laughs> we'll have them. And sometimes when we're at work, I don't know what your buttons are. You know, we're 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 close. You know, we're friends and we talk to each other and stuff like that. But I could accidentally be like, oh my gosh, blah blah blah. And that's like that deep seated thing that that we all have from being a kid that lives in our brains that sometimes we need therapy to deal with. Yeah. You know what I mean? That yeah. like you just tap on it on accident and you're like, oh God, you're just, you know, like you're just like, hey, you know, like, well, how did he know? Or whatever, yeah. you know? So yeah. But this so, is also why it's good to have allies because it yes. has happened. In fact, I think it might've happened last week. That somebody <laughs> said something at work and I, I sent Mike an, a message and I'm like, yeah. you won't believe it. This just happened. And I'm so whatever, right? I'm so yeah. frustrated. I'm so angry, right? Yeah. And it happens, but it's good to have those outlets. Absolutely. I mean, people use the word trigger, and I think, and it's a sort of therapeutic word, and, and but it's true. We get triggered by things that, all kinds of different things, what people say, or things we see, or a song, or whatever, you know, we got, we got a lot going on up here, you know? Sense yeah. memory is big, so, yeah, yeah for sure. Um. What else? I I know I have like another 16 posts to get into, but Mike (laughs) or Antonio, do you want to go? Because otherwise I'll just keep going. So I have, I I do have a situation I kind of wanted to share with you. Now, this is not something that's happened to me. It's something that's happened to a really good friend of mine. And I'm I'm curious whether you've seen this. It feels like a toxic workplace. I'm, I'm curious on your thoughts on this, if you've seen this or if you have any guidance. It's a situation where, um, and it is about a woman. Mm-hmm. Um, she was doing a fairly high-level job yep. at a uh, a company, 5,000-person company, technology company, um, doing a job managing a fairly high-level, important team. And the team was, um, let's say, the, the workload was much more than uh, she thought one person should handle, um, and rightfully so. And it's not a, a complaint about the workload necessarily. It's more about how things were structured. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, you know, tried to make it work for years, couldn't, um, ended up moving out of the position. And when she did, they hired two men to come in and take the job from, from that, which, which feels really awful, right? Where, where she was trying to make it work. She tried to work with her leadership to get more support, never happened. They didn't believe it needed more support, but as soon as she left, two people came in to, you know, they brought in two men to take over the, the role. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You seen that happen? Any I thought totally have that? snarky things to say about that, but I'm not going to. Um, uh, yeah, I'm like, of course it took two men to do her job. No, you know, but but <laughs> it's um, not to be honest. To me, yeah, yeah. Was this person no. really well? Yeah. That, that happened to them, right? And yeah. Thoughts? I, I mean, the that's a tough situation and it stinks, you know, that that's what happened after she left. Um, 
And, you know, I, she probably, I, I'm sure she probably did everything within her um, capacity to explain and to ask for it and to, you know, to, I need more help. I, we need this. We need all of that stuff. Sometimes people just will not hear you no matter what mm-hmm. you say or how you present it. Um, and, you know, and so that's, you know, it's a tough situation. I don't know if they just, you know, hired the two fellas to, you know, go in that role or if somebody came in and they were like, I can't do this and I'm not going to do it and blah, blah, blah. And they're like, oh, okay. They you brought know. two people from other other divisions in that ah. were already in the firm. I see. Yeah. Yeah. The hard part about this one, too, is, is that, and I know that you have some things that are specific, spe- post that is specifically about a toxic workplace versus a trust-based workplace, but sometimes yeah. you're you're dealing in a situation like this one that it it isn't right, it isn't fair, um, but sometimes you have no choice. If you, if you can't affect change, and I've been in this situation before, yeah. you try all of the things. And then you keep trying them again and you keep trying them again. And then you ask others, what other things can I try? And you try all of those things. Yeah. But sooner or later, I think that you really need to have that honest dialogue with yourself. Have I done all of the things that I can? And what should I accept that I cannot change? Yeah. And then what is my next step? Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, that's a sachet away situation. And, you know, she actually left, right? And this happened after, you know? So, I mean, the thing is, is, you know, uh, who knows, like, hopefully she's in a better situation now and, and it, you know, she doesn't have to fight so hard about something yeah. like that. But, you know, yeah, I mean, the thing is people stay in situations for, for a long time, you know, depending just because, you know, the job market is, you know, not what it is, or you like, I cannot lose my insurance yeah. or, you know, or whatever, you know, there's so many factors, you know? And so it's like, uh, we were talking about a friend of ours and he said to me, um, uh, in situations, whether you either you you love it, you lump it, or you leave it. And I I like the three L's on that, you know. And it's like you have to sort of make a choice. It's like I'm either going to decide I'm going to love this, okay, I'm in, you know. I'm going to lump it. I'm just going to kind of, all right, fine. I'm going to deal with the situation, or I'm like, you know what, I'm going to leave it and go do something else, you know. And mm-hmm. luckily, she did that. On the back end, seeing that, maddening, of course, you know. Um, but, you know, obviously those folks weren't going to listen to her and deal with the situation. And hopefully, again, like she's off to better things. So. Yeah, and it was a sachet away, kind of like what you what you yeah. said, yeah. off to another career that was kind of a, um, I'll say, um, a, a dream that they always wanted to follow. So it was a good impetus for that. But yeah maddening through the process yeah. I, I always i always say things happen for a good reason there's nothing for a bad reason it might look bad it might look ugly right now but in the future things will work out and it's going to be for the best for you yeah. so when you walk away it does not mean that you have lost a battle if you are battling whatever you're battling for but because you are winning something else on the other yeah. end sure i mean life like a friend of mine a good close friend of mine louis he talks about life being a book and that, you know, we are, we have different chapters and pages and all of that stuff. And sometimes we need to reread a chapter over and over again to get to the next one. And so, you know, it's like new chapters, new pages, right? And, you know, and we have the pens. So there you go. But yeah. Yeah, toxic. I It's toxic workplaces. I think, you know, I've seen a lot of 
movement inside of many companies about really addressing, and I've seen slides that say in different places that say, you know, no jerk policy. Like, I'm like, wow, like that's bold, you know, to come out with that kind of stuff. And, and the fact that I just said that it was bold is ridiculous, right? Shouldn't like, be bold, shouldn't be but bold. it is. No, it you know be. what I mean? Yeah, right, right. You know, and it, you're like, oh, wow, you just said no jerks. You know, and I think there's a book that, that's about like the no, you know, the, I'm not even gonna say it, the you, you know what rule, you know, the, the insert whatever word there. But like, you know, so like, it's interesting though that it's like, but what I do like is that people are talking about this, you know, and they're mm -hmm. like, no, like, do you like, like, you have to go, you have to deal with this, you have to talk about it and all of that stuff. And, it's tough stuff. Yeah. This isn't easy stuff, you know. Stuff that um, affects you for years. Afterwards. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And we've all been in terrible, I mean, I've been in terribly toxic situations before. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and I've lost jobs and lost positions and stuff because so there's many different reasons, you know, like being too direct or being, you know what I mean, or like just not knowing any better and, you know, uh, sort of in my younger stages of my career, you know. Um, but I, I do appreciate that people are having these conversations and talking about this stuff and putting forth codes of conduct and rules around um, different things and creating safe spaces. I think that's really important and safe spaces for people to talk to each other and all that sort of thing. I think all of that work that, you know, um, started in a lot of sort of like diversity and inclusion and, and also sort of in women in X groups and, you know, and with people of color and different groups that have really sort of been on the forefront of having those conversations and forcing those conversations. Um, we stand on the shoulders of a lot of people who have done that for a really long time. So, so Heather, when you say safe spaces, like, what do you mean exactly? Do you mean like a physical place? Do you mean those groups of people that get together regularly to talk or an ally or all of those? Like, what does that mean a safe space? Well, I'll, I'm gonna. I'll do the grandiose, and then I'll bring it on down. Sure. Safe spaces should be any and every place we are in the world ever. Okay. Um, be it physical, virtual, in a gaming room on Twitch, on in a in a breakout room, over by the corner store, you know, um, at an event, in in a car, it should be safe spaces. So, Agreed. but um, also just that um, when you are. Uh, putting together something, it's a workspace, a workplace, a event, an online event, a community, um, a, a, a concert, a, you know, all of those things, um, like having thoughts about codes of conduct and that's, that you make a point that there are safe spaces inside of those things for when people need a place to go when something goes wrong as well, but also uh, that this is a safe space where we don't tolerate harassment and the mm -hmm. no bullying and using certain language and all of that kind of stuff that when, when you step into this space, you agree that that is what this is about. And thus there will be also potentially consequences if you cannot uphold those things as well. And so I think as a producer of things, it's important for those rules to be upfront known and something that people agree to. So I think that's important, like, like, because when you first said safe spaces, I understood one thing, but I think you've broadened it a lot where 
creating safe spaces, if I understand you right, and I'm playing this back because I want to make sure that I understand. Yeah, sure. Um, creating safe places is not just creating new spaces where when something goes wrong, you should be able to go there to either get help or know that it's safe. But it's also all the other places where we congregate or we work or we attend an event or anything yeah. like that should be space safe spaces. And, and when they're not, as they have been, that's something that should be at the forefront of people's minds. So when you start organizing an event, yep. like a concert or a conference, yeah. one of the important things that you would you you address up front is this needs to be a safe space. Yeah. The concert, the event. Absolutely. But then when something goes wrong, we should also have something where a place people can go. Absolutely. And, you know, I think that it's come it's it's come out of, you know, certain festivals, especially yeah. and different things like that that we've seen in the news where it's just like, you know, it's like, whoa, how do, I wouldn't want to I don't want to be in the middle of that. And the other thing is, is that like it's one of those things like as a person who's been an event producer for many years for many different companies and stuff, it's like my job as the lead was like people are like oh you you throw fun parties it's so cool and la 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 and all this stuff and i'm like yeah but like i am responsible for every person here mm -hmm. exactly I, or at least that's how i took it you know what i mean and so the safety of everybody is a number one and how we deal with situations and can people get out and the get all of that stuff and be it physical space or virtual space you know it's like as a producer and somebody who's putting things on like that i think those are really good conversations to have um up front so that everybody's aware so yep yeah this was amazing any final <laughs> thoughts um antonio or mike or any final questions for heather yeah um i'm gonna let you go first because you, have to <laughs> you want me to go first yeah okay so so i was gonna ask um i i hate to say this but the 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 notion of toxicity in the workplace mm -hmm. it's not not only women that experience it but I think women experience a disproportionate amount of it in comparison to men, just personal experience and what I've seen, uh, which is unfortunate that it happens at all. Um, but uh, so we often hear about um, trying to be allies to people. I don't want to say just women, but allies to people in general. Yeah. Any advice on being an ally or how to be an ally or what that means? Sure. I mean, I think to me, the big, one of the largest roles of an ally is to listen you know um is to listen and i like I, somebody said about being curious you know asking questions um being curious listening um and also if you like if, if you see something going down say something yeah. like be a part of the solution of that you know um i think you see that like there's some fancy latin quote that's that's a law thing that's about like silence equals complicity mm -hmm. you know um that i don't know the latin of but like but you know what i mean so it's like it's like be a participant in the the this the the human space that's that's happening around you so i think listen um and offer offer you know an ear and all of that you know and pay those things forward but i but i do think you know if you see something that is going down i think it's important and people do appreciate it when you're like all the really you are you okay everything yeah. okay here like it's really not that it can be that I reading something once where they said even if you if you see a situation in which someone says something and you don't even want to directly say that was inappropriate to say yeah. just say ouch 
even if it wasn't directed at you, because sometimes just coming out with something like that in the middle of the conversation, if you're witnessing it or you're seeing it happen in a conversation, it will, it will bring up the point without you having to say more words. So if you don't know what else to say, but you feel like something is happening that maybe shouldn't be happening, just interrupting with even that one word will usually make everybody stop for a second because it's unexpected. Yeah, agreed. I, I, I don't, I make light and use humor a lot in explaining things um, because what we're talking about is not funny. I do think there's something to the old um, schoolhouse rocks interjections, that one. And and it's like what you were just saying, where it's like, ouch, and you're like, oh, or, hmm, oh, hmm, wow. Uh, Whoa. Oh, yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, like, I know that, <laughs> but literally like that, something that's like that teeny tiny can make somebody go, hmm. oh, you know, some people are clueless and go right over their heads, yeah. but like, but, but a lot of times it makes people think. And then they'll, then they'll ask a question of like, oh, was that, I, did I, uh, sorry, you know, which kind of yeah. can open up a conversation. I see because I think silence is your, if you, if you're silent, you're a partner of that, whatever that happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, I call it silent, a partner in a crime, but it cannot be, it may not be that big of a crime, but it can be in some case, right? Mm-hmm. So final thoughts, you've been, you've been around, you have that experience, final thought on the whole toxicity, uh, topic in terms of people being directly impacted by it or indirectly as well? Oh, I mean, I think toxicity affects us all. I mean, toxicity to me, it's sort of like the trifecta of yuck that we were talking about, you know, the the shame and the guilt and, you know, the, gosh, the fear. Um, If... uh, if we could like get rid of toxicity in our world, I think there would be less, I, 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 the D's, like the disease and depression, you know, divorce, death, like all of those kind of things, you know, it's like when we're stressed, it affects our bodies and it affects our health, mm-hmm. you know? So I feel like that toxicity, when you're dealing with something every day, that's like, like holding space what do they say like renting space in your mind right where you just you cannot not get rid of it it really will eat at you so I think that working on you know kicking it out kicking it out of the workplace like I like to say is really important but it's also really difficult because like like sometimes it's not just one person it's like an entire team of people or the whole workplace or whatever and it's like where do you start and I think I think we can only always start with ourselves. You know, it's like, how do you show up? Mm-hmm. How do you hold yourself? How do you treat people? Um, people notice. That's the thing to me is people notice how you show up um, and how you treat others. And you never know who you're going to inspire, you know, and I think that's really, really important. And also it's it's like a dial. You can also turn that up, I think, when you need to as well to mm-hmm. really be that light, be a light worker, you know, in the situations that you're in. And I feel like it's about how you also start meetings, you know, like here, the, to me, work, what is work full of? Meetings, right? And so I make a point, I, I get to be a leader in what I'm doing and I get to start meetings the way I want to start them, you know? And so I start them a lot of times if we're in teams, I'll be like, everybody, let's, I know, let's throw on some cameras. Let's do co- together mode for a minute. Let's celebrate something. I thank everybody at, like this. I, we had a meeting this today and I was like, hey, you know what, everybody, um, it's been a couple of weeks here. Let's give each other a, applause that we got through it and there's a lot going on. So like, 
if you can start with gratitude, if you could start with positivity and that kind of stuff, instead of like, okay, what are the numbers on the da 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 da, you know, and like nobody talks to each other and nobody introduces each other and mm-hmm. like that kind of thing, you know. So it's like every every meeting is a chance for every almost on every hour or half hour, you have a chance to be positive and be graceful and be full of gratitude to other people you work with who may make your life better in some way. And somebody may be having a crap day and you may change it just by how you start your meeting. And here's the key point. It doesn't always take very long Uh, because what you just said reminded me that, and you don't always know when you have a positive impact. And it made me remember something that, um, Years ago, at the very beginning of my career, I was at a conference, and it's a good community topic, but I was at a conference, and I saw somebody that I work with, um, who is somebody that I genuinely genuinely like talking to, and we were out at like one of the evening events, mm-hmm. and he was sitting by himself, and I just went over for like a couple of minutes, left yeah. the group I was with to go over and talk to him and have a conversation, and you know what, a year and a half later, when he was leaving the organization, he pulled me aside, and he's like, that was the highlight of that entire trip, because he's like, I was so happy, and it made such a difference to me yep. that you took a couple of minutes. It doesn't always have to be a big thing, and it doesn't have to be a big time thing to make a difference for someone. Just 100%. asking how you are and meaning it and listening to the answer um, can make a huge difference. Yeah, 100%. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you yeah. so much, Heather, for coming oh and joining us for the episode. Yeah. It is great to see you. Yeah, you, uh, I'm like all three of you. Uh, big, big, yep. yay, it so good. I appreciate the time and you talking to me about this. It's something obviously I've been writing about a lot and care a lot about. So I, I love talking about it. And hopefully the things that I put out there in the world help some people and um, always open to talk about it. So thank you for having me on the show. So it's great. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Yeah. We'll see you next time, everybody. Thank you Absolutely. for joining us. Bye, everybody. Bye. Thank you so Bye. much. Bye. Thank you.